Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Tuesday on The Horn, it's a busy one, a lot going on, Longhorns on a roll on the recruiting trail, we'll get you the very latest in our headlines, also Jerry Hamilton from On3 Sports, senior recruiting analyst will join us bottom of the hour, Rod's got a uh, deep dive rant coming up here this hour as well, play some bullets or BS. Hey, congrats to a couple of Longhorn Hoopsters. Texas women's uh, basketball player Rory Harmon, Big 12 Player of the Week. Max Aismas, the Longhorn uh, sharpshooter, the Big 12's Newcomer of the Week. Good stuff right there. Hoops. Now, as we get through, it's all football all the time right now, and volleyball, right? And volleyball. Oh, yeah, man. Still buzzing. (laughs) Still buzzing. Back-to-backs. Back-to-backs. Shout-out to the ladies, man. That was impressive. That was uh, pretty darn impressive, and uh, we'll see if – Football can draw some inspiration from uh, uh, the, uh, the resiliency of that team. Oh yeah, um, pretty good stuff right there. Played their best, their best volleyball at the end of the season that's when right. it mattered most. That's right, and that's hopefully what you're going to see from Texas football. Well, that's you know I think at the start of the season, even for the Longhorns, their goal was to win the Big 12, right? And, mm-hmm. and anything that comes beyond that will be gravy. Well, guess what? The gravy's here, and now you have a chance to take a month <laughs> the off. The gravy is here. I like that. The gravy, gravy train. Yeah, well, gravy on anything is really good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like that. Yeah, man. What kind of brown gravy? We got the white with the jalapeno gravy. I like I'm a brown gravy. gravy guy. I'm all. I love all gravy. Well, actually, I'm. I'm lying. I do not like white gravy. But white gravy, like, like, white so, like sausage and biscuits, or biscuits and gravy. No nah, sausage, I, white gravy. Oh, no, yeah, I want me I like some. That. I need me some brown gravy, man. Brown or brownish. I don't like white gravy, but I'm not discriminatory against you know like most people are against gravy. I think all gravy matters, so I want white and brown. My favorite. I think you should have both. My favorite item on the Whataburger menu is their biscuits and gravy. With a jalapeno <laughs> cheddar biscuit, I do. But I like biscuits and gravy. I really do. And the key to the biscuits and gravy is the biscuit. I mean, the biscuit's yes. got to be real moist. moist. And oh, they no. gotta, they got to combine well and Ooh. all that stuff. Because you don't want like a hockey puck for a biscuit. No, That's not any good. No, you don't want that. That's just no. I want my biscuit to be just yeah. oh, just like. But ooh, I'm a biscuits and gravy hungry. fan. But I can confirm I've never had biscuits and gravy from Whataburger. Listen, I love Whataburger. I, I don't trust gravy from Whataburger though. <laughs> <laughs> I love Whataburger. Just but don't I'm think not about it. Just trust. don't think about who's making it, where, uh, how long it's been sitting there. It's just good. It's goodness. Yeah, I can't trust gravy from a place with a drive-through window. It, well said. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I can't that. trust your gravy. Uh, you know what I mean? Because even from Popeyes, I don't eat gravy from Popeyes. You know? No, no, nah. no. Gravy well, is something you know I, mean, I need. I, I need a I need a real kitchen. I, I you know I need to do a walk up restaurant. I'm trying to think if I was if I was going to go get biscuits and gravy on the morning. Waffle House. What about Waffle House? Would you go to Waffle House? Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah that would do that's that. acceptable because yes, yeah, I'm sure there's a drive-through for Waffle House. So, but that's still acceptable. That's I don't know. The exception to the rule. Is there a drive-through at Waffle House? I don't, I don't know. know. No, I don't hey, think no. there is. It's just a counter. That's that would be chaos. Right. That would be chaos. <laughs> <laughs> there's no drive-through anywhere in the cut in the United right. States with the drive. There right. you go. So that gravy is acceptable then. I don't hang out at Waffle Houses. I'll give you. I'll say that. this for Waffle House. I do not hang out at Waffle they, House. They have man. a type. I mean, I mean, we were just up in uh, a stereotype. I told you. Well, well no, like, like um, drunk. Exactly. Well, no. Well, well, here, here was what I my observation. We were, we were just up in Denton this weekend. My daughter graduated, and we stayed at my my wife's sister's house, who lives in Keller, Texas. Keller is kind Keller. of between Fort Worth and Denton, and it's North Dallas, um, out there by South Lake Carroll, West Lake that area. But everything in Keller is brand new. I mean, they have all these – and they built a brand new Waffle House. Oh. But you Ooh. would think, okay, let's build it a little bigger than the normal Waffle House. Mm-mm. No. It's just that little tiny thing <laughs> right in the middle of all this brand new stuff. They didn't, like, expand it. They didn't I – mean, no. Don't make it fancy. Why are you going to make it no, fancy? We're going to make, no, it, we're gonna make it Waffle House. People expect a, a certain standard from Waffle House. Thank you, you very much. You don't want to exceed that yeah, standard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we're, not, we're, not, we're not breaking <laughs> our code yeah. here. Yeah. This is what we do with Waffle House. But, uh, it's, working. it's working. Whatever it is, it's working. But actually, I will say that the uh, the best biscuits and gravy are uh, either 
The league? The league has a great brunch and great briskets and gravy. Oh, I can believe that. The league, kitchen, and tavern. I can believe the that. The four locations. And yeah. the Hay City Store. Hay City Store and Ice House. They, you, you do their Sunday brunch. You can do a large or a small. If you just want, if you want to like fill up on biscuits and gravy, you can do that. There See, that's upsetting because uh, Hasty Store is too far away for me to meet, get there that early. So I always go for lunch, and <laughs> well, I don't have to try to. Well, get Well, they there. do brunch up until like two two thirty on All Sundays. Right. Yeah, that's true. You're right. I probably can get there. I think usually I get there, I go for lunch. Me and my wife will go for lunch, and then we'll just order dinner. So it, we get we get our money's worth. Like you know, we go out there, we get two meals out of Hasty Store, but now. Yeah, me thinking about that brunch. I gotta make some new plans. Next hey, let's time. let's get some uh, headlines, uh, top stories, because there are a ton of them. Longhorns are. Uh, I want a biscuit, man. That's all y'all. Sorry, I'm sorry. Thinking it's about it's biscuits. 7:06 in the morning, and we're talking about biscuits and gravy. <laughs> it's gonna be a long show if we don't get this thing. Uh, mm. Topic shift. Shout out Bird Biscuit. They're a good biscuit spot. Ooh, nice. It's a good biscuit spot. All right, let's Let get to the headlines. Top Gun Rentals and a lot of equipment bring you the top stories. And, boy, a lot of them from uh, college football yesterday. Uh, tomorrow or tonight, the national signing window and recruiting opens, early signing window. Safe to the Longhorns on a roll. Head coach Steve Sarkeesian posted to Twitter yesterday that his program is, quote, on a heater. And that is uh, absolutely the truth. Longhorns have received four major commitments over the past uh, 48 hours. Started over the weekend with University of Houston receiver Matthew Golden pledging through the transfer portal to come to Texas. Then early yesterday, the former LBJ Jaguar, Andrew Makuba, top safety in the portal announced that he is headed back to the 5-1-2 after spending the last three seasons as a starter in the Clemson secondary. Not long after that announcement came word that following his official visit to Texas this past weekend, Xavier Phil Sami, the five-star safety from McKinney High School, intends to sign with the Longhorns tomorrow, not Florida, where he had been verbally committed. Phil Sami is ranked as the number two safety in the country uh, by 24-7 sports, the number seven overall prospect in Texas. He's the fifth Defensive back in this class for 2024 and the fourth five-star prospect joining wide receiver Ryan Wingo, defensive end Colin Simmons, and offensive tackle Brandon Baker. Class is now ranked in the top five nationally. As we talked about, we will talk with uh, Jerry Hamilton bottom of the hour. Then finally yesterday afternoon, Texas picked up their second commitment for the 2025 class. Four-star Calhoun, Georgia tight end prospect Amari Winston chose the Longhorns over Ohio State. He joined Sarah Land, Alabama quarterback K.J. Lacey as the two commitments for the 2025 class so far. A big recruiting flip outside of Austin yesterday. Official word from the five-star quarterback Dominic Rayola that he is decommitting from Georgia. Plans to sign with Nebraska on Wednesday. Rayola is the top-rated pocket passer in the country. Eighth-rated overall recruit for the class. He becomes the highest-ranked prospect to commit to the Cornhuskers since ESPN. ESPN began ranking high school players back in 2006. The, the blow to the Bulldogs softened a little bit yesterday with their current quarterback's announcement. Carson Beck, that he plans to return to Georgia for the 2024 season and not pursue the National Football League. Speaking of the NFL, incredible finish on Monday Night Football last night to wrap up Week 15. The homestanding Seahawks trailed Philadelphia 17-13 with 1.24 to play. Their backup quarterback, Drew Locke, led Seattle on a 10-play, 92-yard drive, capped it with a gorgeous 29-yard strike to the rookie wideout Jackson Smith in Jigba. That put Seattle in front 20-17. Philadelphia had one last chance, but Julian Love made his second interception in the fourth quarter, picked off Jalen Hurts on a deep attempt. A.J. Brown got his feet down. That sent the Eagles to their third straight loss. They're now tied with the Cowboys at 10-4 and four atop the NFC East. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Don't be a ho-ho-ho. Bring anything on Foster Village's Amazon wish list on our Facebook page and get up to 20% off your rental or purchase. Topgun.net, we'll shoot you straight. Uh, you brought up the uh, the kid Dylan Rayola. Yeah, Dominic Rayola. Um, or, yeah, Dominic was his father Dominic who played with the Cowboys. I played, with his, uh, I played against his dad and played with his dad. He played for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was a Nebraska Cornhusker back in the day, so I played against him and played with his dad. And if I'm not mistaken, I think his uncle's on the staff. He is of Nebraska. Well, and you know, and if I'm not mistaken, I will find an article. His uncle recently got a raise. <laughs> and, that rule working. And there was, and there was some buzz. I was like, "Why'd y'all get his? Why'd y'all get his dude a raise? He deserve a raise." Like, actually, now maybe we see why he deserved that raise. I'll get that article. I read that article a couple weeks ago. And I was like, "Huh?" And then I was trying to put two and two together. And it seems like, yeah, the Rayola family was working on a little something, something. They get everybody paid. And you know what? Ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Ain't well, I mean, uh, Dylan is a you know, 6'3", 220-pound quarterback. And, um, you know, but, yeah, the father was offensive lineman, right? Yeah, he was a, like a center. I center, believe. Yeah, yeah, really good player. <laughs> oh, he was a really good player. in the league for, like, 10, 12 years. Yeah, and, and so it, this came as a surprise because, uh, you know, the, he was playing high school football out in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And then they moved to Buford, Georgia. Yep. And because he wanted to be closer, and that's where he wanted to play his, high, his senior year. But now he's flipping to Nebraska, his father's alma mater. 
and where his uncle yeah. is, a, is a coach. Mm-hmm. Matt Rule doing work. He is putting in some serious work there. That's a that's a hell of a move right there. Yeah. And Matt Rule, Matt Rule, Matt, Matt Rule's on the. Uh, remember, he's on record for talking about how much it costs to get a a, a real good quarterback out of transfer portal, and he's saying like it's close, it's a million dollars. That's a going right, guys. He's on the record like I'm going to take a million dollars to get a, a real good elite quarterback out of the transfer portal. So maybe just pay his uncle and it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pay his uncle. Maybe just pay his uncle and it'll be a little bit cheaper. You ain't got to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's funny. Just, just help, I help out uncle a little bit. Yeah, that's an interesting story, though. That's, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up. Kind of goes under the radar. But I'll find that article. They were just bringing that up, and I was like, huh. I was reading that the other day, doing a little rabbit holding. Well, I mean, and now if you're Matt Rule, he's – He's been the – he wasn't a successful NFL coach. We know that. But he's – at the college level, he's got his teams turned in three years, whether it was Temple or Baylor. And, uh, you know, that 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 Nebraska program has been dormant for a while now. Yeah, they have. Now they have a quarterback that they can build around. Yep. And, uh, you know, it kind of feels like Matt Rule will have them in contention. And in the new look Big Ten, which now adds the four West Coast schools, and uh, mm-hmm. they would be good for that conference to have, you know, Nebraska back on some solid footing. Totally yep. agree. Um, you know, but yeah, Dominic Rolla, he played long. He played. You played in Detroit with him. I played in Detroit with yeah, him. Yeah, he's a second round pick back in yeah. '01. Real good. Play. I mean, he was awesome. But how long did he play? Like ten? He played a long time. Uh, seven, eight years, something like that. I know he played a long time. No, he played for like thirteen years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I know he played for played from '01 to '14. Yeah, he played for for old line man. You ain't supposed to play that long. I mean, that dude, that's a long time taking the bruising he did. So he. Uh, but I, I'm with you, though. I, that Matt Rule's putting in some work, just so people know. And he, he, I think they lost – their losses this year were close losses, too. Well, and uh, Steve Sarkeesian putting on some work, too. With yes, the, uh, I mean, you can almost project right now that you've, in the last two days you've com- recruited two walk-in starters, Matthew Golden, mm-hmm. the receiver slash kick returner, yep. and, you know, and Andrew Makuba. I mean, Andrew Makuba will, you know, come in and play somewhere. And you're starting defense I, next year. I think he's your nickel. I, I Longhorns would like to get him on the field for the for the Washington game in 13 days. They could use him with Derek, with Derek Williams being out. They they could use him, but yeah, I think they I think they want him to play the nickel. Uh, they at safety right now, even though you did have what, three safeties leave via the transfer portal. Young Derek Williams, he's only going to get get better. All right, he started to get a whole lot better towards the end of the year. Um, Taft Daddy's still there for you um, at safety, but I think they're. I think some of these young guys, they're going to see if they can step up at that safety position and give you some quality reps. If they can't, he's your he's a contingency plan because maybe you have more depth at nickel and with yeah. Jalen Gilbo and with an Austin Jordan. So I, I think he just gives you options because of his versatility. Yeah. And Dabble Sweeney said he could play any position in secondary. He said he could play strong safety, free safety, nickel, corner. Um, that it, honestly, that's probably why the NFL. Uh, you brought up the Matt Miller nugget. That's probably why the NFL loves him so much. You move that guy around. He well, manufactures depth. He can play a lot of positions, and that means he has really high football IQ. Yeah, he can play all those. Um, yeah, Matthew Miller, Matt Miller, the ESPN draft analyst. When this announcement came down right around lunchtime yesterday, uh, he just put a tw- uh, an X out, a tweet, uh, posted massive get for Texas. I know of NFL scouts who have a top 100 grade on Makuba. Uh, he's a one of the 10 best players to hit the portal, in my opinion. So. Uh, Big-time get for Texas, without a doubt. And uh, we, we talked yesterday about Matthew Golden and what he can do for the offense. And as you talked about, the, 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 the identifying and targeting coverage in your defensive backs, the Longhorns have now, if you t- count Makuba, it's six defensive backs coming in yeah. for next year, five freshmen and now Makuba to go with what's already there. And they want to be able to cover Rod because they're going to have pressure players, right? You've, yes, you, right. You, you've, you've developed Ethan Burke. Uh, as, a, as a pressure player, Anthony Hill can be a pressure player. Uh, Colin Simmons coming in from Duncanville. Colton yeah. Vosick from Westlake, redshirted this year. I, yeah. He's an edge player. Yep. Um, so I think Ethan Burke's got some natural pass rush. I do, too. too. I, I think he can be refined. But I think he's, and I always say that you can't coach coverage. You can't coach pass rushing ability. I think Sark and his staff know that now. Remember, he said Anthony Hill was among their two best pass rushers when he got on campus. I mean, that's as a freshman. Derek Williams is already your best coverage safety. That is not a coincidence. That is something that is innate usually. It is programmed early in football players, and you got to start recruiting that. And I think they are. Colin Simmons, got can rush the pass. Well, look, I mean, <laughs> when you talk about Metroplex players, Colin Simmons is, gets compared to some of the best players in the NFL right now: Miles Garrett, Vaughn Miller, Justin Matabike. Uh, you know, these are these are you know double-digit sack players in the National Football League. Colin Simmons, uh, and then the Longhorns have shown, and Steve Sarkeesian has shown, if you're if you're good enough, you're old enough. Uh, we'll no put doubt. you on the field if you can make an impact on our football team. And so, you know, you kind of see where they're going defensively. You want to be able to cover so that you can let the, the pressure get home. Uh, and, you know, they're going to have pressure players. 
in, in coming years on the defensive side of the football. Uh, chaos, right? Wreak havoc. A havoc defense without a doubt. All right, Rod. Uh, oh, so, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Here you go. Uh, Nebraska line coach Donovan Rayola, the uncle of five-star hustles quarterback target Dylan Rayola, had his contract extended this season with a hefty raise. This came. A, this is an article from a week ago from uh, 247 Sports. So nice. They, they, they've been working. Hey, you know what? We can't afford the quarterback. Maybe we can afford to hook the uncle up with a little bit of something. something. Hey, man, I, I he's love He's doing such a good job. He's doing such He's doing a great job. Oh, he's doing a great job. We're going to reward you, Donovan. <laughs> hey, uh, Uncle Uncle Dom. Unk, yeah. Unk. I call him Unk around there now. Hey, that's good stuff. We'll get more with that uh, on these uh, these players and what could be coming with Jerry Hamilton, bottom of the hour. But right now, let's get Rod's first rant of a Tuesday. Rod's rant of the day is brought to you by Apple Leasing, the easiest and safest way to get a new car, any make, any model. Click AppleLeasing.com and experience how easy it is. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it, it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right. Um, By I, the way, somebody said y'all talking about biscuits and gravy. Got me in a line of Whataburger right now. See? Let's go. <laughs> y'all, I got hungry, too. Talking about I was like, damn it, man. Now I'm going to go all out of my way today to try to go get some biscuits somehow, even though I got other things to do. I'm blaming that on Ty. I think Ty brought up the biscuits and gravy. Got everybody distracted. Uh, okay. Let's talk about um, the game last night. I think it's a, it's a topic that I've been bringing up all season long. Uh, it's the quarterback turnover right now in the NFL because of all the injuries to the quarterback position. And I count now uh, 18 teams. Um, that have uh, started multiple quarterbacks this season because of injury, most because of injury, but still uh, some of these are because of performance. As a matter of fact, uh, I just saw it being um, reported that Desmond Ritter is going to be benched again <laughs> this season, and they're going to start Taylor Taylor Heineke, which I know Ty. Are you a true Taylor Heineke guy? Do you like Taylor Heineke? Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I like his heart. Yeah. You like his heart. There you go. Uh, so you will get to see him in the same backfield with Bijan because uh, Arthur Smith is searching, I think, for answers because uh, right now uh, they, they're struggling. But anyway, that's not the issue I want to bring. I want to talk about these quarterback uh, issues and the quarterback problems and injuries happening right now in the NFL. Uh, if you don't have your backup quarterback situation uh, settled and stabilized, uh, you could be uh, in, you know, you could be, your, your season could be in jeopardy pretty much because everybody's dealing with some of these quarterback issues. And if your quarterback can stay healthy, that is half the battle this NFL season. Uh, there's an interesting theory, though, going around. Because remember last season, this was also the case. Last season, 21 different teams started multiple quarterbacks last season. I think you may surpass that this season because um, the hell, the Eagles may deal with some quarterback injuries. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is still dealing with some quarterback injuries potentially. And those guys are – they've started every game so far. But – players and quarterbacks are getting more and more beat up as the season goes on. So you still could have teams added to this list. But one of the theories that I saw from uh, Andrew Whitworth, he threw this out there about, and he's, he's actually not talking about the quarterback injuries, but it's a, I think I'm linking his take to my theory about quarterbacks. He's saying the offensive line development uh, in the NFL and the offensive line plays at an all-time low. I mean, he throws out there several reasons why. Here's Andrew Whitworth uh, on uh, the Ringer podcast. I'll put it to you. Is offensive line play in the NFL at some sort of low, Andrew? Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. I mean, I think it's definitely not the quality of what we've seen. I think there's some really good football players out there. That doesn't mean there's not some, you know, guys that are dominating the game at the offensive line position. But if you went into totality, uh, it's rough, and, and there's a lot of weeks where you look and go, man, I don't, I don't know how we can't find another guy, another three or four guys that are better <laughs> than this. Um, it, it's tough to see it, but I, I think there's a lot of things. I think that, you know, really you look at it, the mixture of D linemen we're seeing are getting more and more athletic. They're bigger, they're stronger, in the sense of not that they're worse competition, but that may be some of your offensive tackles that are now playing D tackle yeah. or defensive end, stuff like that, and a 3-4 that could have been left tackles, right? And and so you see some of that, and they're just big, strong, athletic defense alignment, the lack of time we've talked about. I still think that the lack of practice time is a little bit of an excuse just because, I mean, yep. me being somebody who was always looking for getting out of a practice, uh, <laughs> I wasn't some guy that practiced all the time, but in the off seasons, the way I trained and prepared myself, 
led to me having success. And so I, I, you know, I still think that there's, that's a little bit of an excuse, but yeah, we're definitely at a point where whether it's those guys really coming up and playing the game the right way. I mean, I think if you look at the college game, it's really easy to see why we don't have a lot of those guys. It's not just because they're young playing in the NFL. It's because the college system isn't anything like the NFL system. These guys barely have to block. And so I just think they're coming in unprepared. Uh, it's a good take from Andrew Whitworth about uh, the offensive line play uh, being potentially at an all-time low, at least the performance uh, of, of, of the offensive line play technique fundamentals. And he points out at the, from the college game, guys are ill-prepared uh, from the college game. He, he states that the systems in college, which I, uh, I would – no, no, no. I, I could disagree with that because I think the, the NFL game is becoming more and more like college. I think uh, now you have more of the ideas trickling up from the college game to the NFL game, mostly because of the quarterbacks and they're trying to adapt these systems to the quarterbacks. Um, but there is something to be said about being a, a difference in the technique and fundamentals that are taught at the college game and the program. But I do think the NFL, while they're addressing – the quarterback injuries and addressing protecting the quarterback, the most valuable asset uh, in football in the NFL. Uh, they are now going to start looking at other ways to do it other than changing the rules, because I don't know if they can change the rules anymore to protect the quarterbacks already. <laughs> They're already as protected as they can get. And now the injuries um, are starting at the quarterback position are starting to skyrocket. And this is multiple years in a row, right? Last year, I told you the same thing. 13 teams played at least three different quarterbacks. You had 21 teams that relied on multiple starters last season, and they set a record uh, for 68 different starting quarterbacks in 2022. And the only other season that had more starting quarterbacks or unique starting quarterbacks was the 1987 uh, year where they had replacement players. So I think the NFL may start looking at offensive line play and how to improve offensive line play, and that would go back to the CBA and allowing, and obviously they can't do that since the CBA is up and they renegotiated, but it would go back to allowing more practice time and allowing more time for players to be with coaches in the offseason. Remember, they uh, curtailed that with the new CBA, and as uh, Whitworth pointed out, there may be a direct impact that's having on development of offensive linemen. Because, listen, I, as a DB, I can go out there and cover guys 7-on-7 in the offseason. And good. Offensive linemen, they can't really work on their technique in the offseason. They can try footwork, that kind of stuff. And Andrew Woodward says he has a special dedication to it, so he would actually have his own kind of private sessions where I, I think he would actually try to put on pads and stuff and actually work technique physically. Um, that's tough for offensive linemen because you're, you're trying to keep guys fresh and you want to avoid injury, uh, but they can't play the – they can't simulate the physicality in the offseason as a DB I can sit I can get close to simulating the speed of a rep going against the elite wide receiver and the timing of the quarterback as a matter of fact being at a disadvantage of there not being a pass rush on the quarterback and him not having to worry about uh you know his well-being in the pocket and a seven on seven everybody agrees seven in a seven on seven atmosphere the DB is always at a disadvantage so I love those reps. Those reps make me way better. Sure. Because if, if, if I can play really good technique in a 7-on-7 seven -seven environment where the offense has all the advantages, that will translate to a game better than what the offensive lineman is doing in the offseason. And I think that may be part of what he's getting to. But I think this is something the NFL has got to look at. Maybe your offensive line uh, development right now overall in the NFL is suffering and it's calling offensive line play to be at an all-time low. And maybe this is part of why the quarterbacks getting hit so much. And they're getting injured so much. Yeah, well, that's a great corollary. I mean, uh, and, you know, we know the new CBA, they don't, they don't hit as much on practice as much as you talked about. Uh, that's one of the players wanted, right? Uh, they did. And they wanted less contact and talk about head injuries and the, you know, consistent repetitive, you know, repetitive head, head bangs. And they're trying to limit those. But, yeah, if it leads to a, to a lesser product and it leads to quarterback injuries, there's really not much that the league can do about that. This is a collectively bargained, it is. Yeah. you know, practice plan. Uh, now, you know, smart coaches, is there a way, to Rod, to improve it you know, without hitting as much? I don't know. That becomes the question, right? I, don't, that, I would imagine every organization is going to look at it and say, okay, how do we improve our offensive line cohesiveness and play without breaking the rules? Pretty much, and I, I, don't, I don't think there's an easy answer to it. I, I, I think it's more of an individual accountability thing for the offensive line. That's what Andrew Whitworth is getting. He's like, you need the offensive linemen to either get together. Tight ends have kind of done it weirdly uh, with the tight end university thing. Yeah. They're tight end you. They get together basically collectively and start exchanging ideas. 
um, and and really kind of uh, it's a think tank session for them. I'm not saying that the offensive linemen can do you know do this because there's a lot more offensive linemen than tight ends out there. Uh, but there needs to be something individual these guys are doing in the offseason um, to help expedite and help uh, keep their overall development um, really high because right now I think this is a good point about the – it's not the only factor. It's a multifactorial thing as to why you're seeing so many backup quarterbacks play. Uh, but definitely quarterback protection um, and quarterback injuries are a big part of it too. All right, coming back, we will uh, get stuff from Rod right there with Rod's rant. Andrew Woodworth and offensive line play may be leading to the rash of injuries we're seeing all over the NFL with Drew Locke last night leading the Seahawks as a backup quarterback to a big win that did the Cowboys a big favor, beat the Eagles 20-17 in dramatic fashion. we come back, though, uh, what a perfect day to talk to our next guest. It's Jerry Hamilton, the senior recruiting uh, analyst for On3 Sports. Tomorrow is National Signing Day. We'll get the very latest from Jerry. Longhorns and uh, all the top stories coming next here on Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Hey, coming up, uh, bullish your BS before the top of the hour, including uh, the deep dive. You won't, may not believe the last time the Dallas Cowboys won a significant road December game against a double-digit win team. It's crazy. Which they're going to have to try to do this weekend when they play the Miami Dolphins, who mm. are 10-4. and four. The last time the Cowboys won a significant road December game against a double-digit win team. Uh, you, you might be surprised and bullish or BS. Did how you long know that when you threw that out there this No, morning? I did not. Yeah, I, I did. Ex- I had to do the research to uh, find it, and it's, uh, it's it was pretty significant. It's my it's it's eye popping. It is <laughs> it's of how like... long it's been. All right, we'll get to that coming up. But uh, right now, we know what else is coming up. It's uh, one day. It's uh, signing day eve. Uh, the day before yes, the storm for uh, National Signing Day, the early window will open it uh, uh, tomorrow morning. And to get some perspective on it and the, uh, the the big additions for the Longhorns already, our friend Jerry Hamilton on Three Sports, their senior recruiting analyst. Jerry, good morning, my friend. What's up, Jerry? Good morning, man. How are you guys doing? Doing good, great, buddy. Uh, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. Where are you headed today? Where are you off to some high schools, or what are you doing? No, no. Most kids are out of school or in finals, so I'm uh, actually just I just made a grocery store run, and now I'm back to write a couple of stories for on three here. There you go. There you go. Uh, all right. So let's start with what happened over the last uh, 24 hours or 48 hours. Matthew Golden, uh, Xavier Filsimi. You were the one that told us to keep our eye on Xavier when he was committed to Florida, but he was a McKinney High School player that the Longhorns were coming after, and the Andrew Makuba edition. Let's talk about those three specifically. Uh, those are three guys that could make a, a big impact on the 2024 Longhorns. Yeah, for sure. Matthew Golden, to me, uh, he's a major impact player because he's also one, not only a tremendous wide receiver, but a really good kick returner, one of the top kickoff return guys in the country. Had two back for touchdowns this year. He's got a strong physical build that also plays well in the SEC, in my opinion. I saw Matthew a lot in high school. He played was a high school teammate of Jaden Blue at Klein Kane. Uh, Matthew's originally from St. Petersburg, Tampa area, moved to Texas in, I believe, sixth or seventh grade. Uh, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Brat just competing, whether it was... A long jump uh, in the relays or whatnot. He's got that competitive gene uh, that you really look for. I think Matthew Golden is not only a really good football player that has a chance to be a drafted player one day, but I think he's also a good culture fit. Um, I think he's going to fit right in with this Texas team and in this locker room. And I was part of national rankings at On3 when he was coming out of high school. We had him ranked top 200 in the country. Uh, I actually thought he was the best pure football player on the Klein Kane team, including Jaden Blue. So I think it's a huge pickup for Texas. Andrew Makuba out of Clemson, obviously Austin LBJ High School, played for Jamal Finner at LBJ, the Texas Director of High School Relations. Uh, you know, look, I think Makuba, I'm sure Rod's broken it down, but, uh, you know, he can play multiple positions. I mean, will he play nickel? Will he play safety? I'll lead to safety uh, with him. 
But what he brings is three years of big-time experience, big-game experience, another guy that's on NFL draft boards. I mean, that's the thing is Texas got two guys out of the portal that are on NFL draft boards in the future. And, you know, you bring that experience. Um, and you think about mixing him in a Michael Tapp returning a second-year Derek Williams, freshman Xavier Phil Simi, uh, who we'll talk about. But And that suddenly, that safety position, Rod, has a lot more athleticism and speed when you bring in Makuba and you bring in Phil Simi and Jordan Johnson-Rebell, who's going to start his career at nickel at Texas. Uh, so they've addressed the safety position. And then lastly on Phil Simi, look, I mean, six foot 190. He ran 10.55 as a sophomore. Uh, fully automatic time in the 100. I mean, that's getting it. Now, he was 180 pounds back then, but he was injured in, during track last year, so his times weren't great. He was kind of battling through some injury. Um, but uh, early enrollee, another guy that's coming in early. 15 guys in this class are coming in early. I think that number will stretch even more on signing day here. So, I think it's a tremendous pickup. Um, and look, I mean, Texas has been a uh, benefactor of, of Florida's rough season on the field. Not only Phil Samee, but Wardell Mack. Two DBs committed to the University of Florida. Um, both top 100 players in the country, by the way, have flipped to Texas. Wardell Mack, the corner out of John Eric, and now Phil Samee, uh, the number 33-ranked prospect in the country out of McKinney High. He's the first guy on the four-star line. He was a five-star, then Ryan Williams, the Alabama commitment reclassified, and that bumped him off the five-star line. But Texas was three tremendous pickups no doubt about it all guys that you're going to see a two impact guys and Phil Samee's going to be on the field a lot too next year special team safety uh, being an early enrollee being an intelligent kid I've been around them he's good he's going to go out he's going to go out and push for a spot hey Jerry uh you've been you know talking about the two transfer portal uh acquisitions for the Longhorns uh, Andrew McCuba and Matthew Golden uh, we, you know, you talked about this, about how selective Texas is being in the transfer portal and also how they want to find the right fit, personality rise, right? They want to be compatible with the culture uh, that Sark is cultivating here. Um, it, is, is, is it a coincidence or not that they seem to have ways and connections to do deep dive research on the personalities of these guys, right? They have the Jaden Blue connection to Matthew Golden. They got the Jamal Finner connection to Makuba. Uh, and they, obviously he's a local guy, so they can, you know, go talk to folks who know him personally. Uh, even, you know, bringing in, you know, the talk of Trey, of Trey Moore, the defensive end out of UTSA, if he, uh, he does jump on board. Uh, they have ways to do uh, research on these guys to kind of figure out who they are personality-wise, disposition-wise. Is that a coincidence, or am I looking too deep into it? No, I, I think the key there is, I think it's a great point, Rod. If you see Texas act quickly on the guy in the portal, it's probably a guy they recruited out of high school, somebody on their staff has a connection to, uh, you know, Jeff Banks, whoever. They may have a connection to the high school coach, the seven-on-seven coach. They, ha- they can make those immediate phone calls, or they may already know uh, a lot about them. Texas offered Matthew Golden late when he was coming down to uh, U of H, TCU, and Arkansas, but Texas has offered late. It make that last, last push there. Um, and, and so he ends up at Houston. So Texas is very familiar with Matthew Gold, obviously very familiar with Angie Makuba. If Trey Moore jumps in, a guy that's from uh, Smithson Valley down the road, right, they, they're familiar with him. They played against him. They've done a quick research on Trey Moore. Recruitments that play out longer in the portal, I think for Texas, are they going to make it? What are they waiting to do at certain positions? Are they making some decisions here? If it takes a longer to play out, they're really doing deep dives on players that they haven't before. It may be a smaller school guy uh, that's popped up and is a, is a tremendous player now, but they didn't really have any connections to out of high school. They didn't recruit him out of high school. So, Rod, it's a great point. The guys Texas act on quick, they already had a lot of that information due to recruiting him out of high school, due to some connection on the coaching staff or connection to those high school coaches. So uh, it's a great point. Jerry Hamilton, senior recruiting analyst on three sports. Follow all his stuff there today and into tomorrow. It's going to be the busiest day of the year uh, with National Signing Day. What's to come for Texas, if anything, Jerry? Well, I mean, the 22 commitments now with the, with the Phil Samee. Uh, we know they had some other guys in for the weekend and trying to flip uh, the Jasper linebacker. There's the kid from Timpson that's an A&M commitment, but he was wearing you know Longhorn gloves in his state championship game on hey. Saturday, which was weird, or last week. Uh, what, what, what could be coming for Texas over the next uh, 24 hours in your mind? 
Well, I, the one thing I'd say for Texas fans is it doesn't end on December 20th. That's the cool thing. There's some of these guys committed A&M that are thinking about holding off and signing in February. Okay, that's Dominic McKinley, the five-star defensive lineman out of Acadiana and Lafayette. Uh, that's Dalen Evans out of Pine Tree, the four-star D lineman. We'll see if he actually signs. Uh, Terry Bussey is saying he's going to take it into February to the second signing period. They had, Texas had a defensive lineman on campus, Alex Foster, from Greenville, St. Jo- Mississippi, St. Joseph High. Uh, he's carrying it out until February as of last night. So Texas has some guys that they're going to keep kicking the tires on, hanging around the rim in February. I think signing one or two the high school defensive linemen uh, in February, it remains a possibility, adding to that three-man class. Then there's Ty Anthony Smith. Ty Anthony Smith, the four-star linebacker out of Jasper High, committed to A&M. You want to talk about an A&M town, A&M stronghold, I mean, that's one. Red Bryant, still very active in that Jasper community, former Jasper Bulldog, Texas A&M Aggie, NFL defensive lineman, Jory Adams. They have a lot of guys that have gone to A&M over the years from Jasper that are really tight-knit in that community. Now, with that being said, that tells you how much Ty Anthony wanted to visit Texas because he had to tell everybody he wasn't visiting Texas after I broke that news last Monday. (laughs) But he did show up on campus with his grandmother, his aunt, and his sister. So will Texas get that one across the finish line? I think there's confidence in Austin on Ty Anthony Smith. But I can say this, Ty Anthony Smith was decked out in A&M gear at school yesterday. What does all that mean? Nothing uh, come Wednesday. (laughs) But that kid's got a lot of pressure in that Jasper community. Uh, to sign with Texas A&M. I'm not sure that's actually where he wants to sign at this point in time, so I'm very interested to see what he does on Wednesday at Jasper High School. Hey, Jerry, I know you're always in the know, um, and I'm not sure how much of this, the state title games you watched. Um, what do you know about this kid, Byron Washington? Oh, this Jerry six, told us about him in October. This 6'8", 280-pound behemoth. Yeah, 380 is uh, he's he's pushing four now. I I, I was at Desoto <laughs> twice this season. I, I actually took a picture with him and my son uh, just so I could send it to people that know my son and realize how big this kid is. You know, he's a guy that Texas offered. Uh, Kyle Flood, I think, when uh, Sark were at his game, uh, the state semifinal game. Uh, but look, he's a guy who, if you can get him down into the 340s, 350s. I mean, you have something as a guard in the run game. The question is, how long does it take to get you there with him? Because he is so powerful. When he gets his hands on you, I mean, the play is over in a lot of regards, right, especially at the high school level. So Texas has offered him. Will they make a push for him in January? I think it's out, but I put it out on social media and on on three. But January 20th is the first junior day, the elite junior day for the 2025 class. We'll see who Texas brings in that date. If Byron Washington's one of those guys, then I think that'll be that'll provide your answer. Uh, but by the way, Rod and, and Aaron, on the state championship games, I'm here to tell you now my opinion. Alex January is very underrated. I mean, he is a three star. We have him as a four star on three, but he's a three star in the on three consensus. Alex January is a defensive player of the year. Uh, for, uh, for Duncanville going to Texas, his father Mike January obviously played at Texas. That was in the district with DeSoto. He got district defensive MVP over a kid that had five sacks against Duncanville, Keelan Adams. Okay, Dallas January looked really good against North Shore. He's he's one of the underrated guys in this Texas recruiting class. I think people are going to look back in three or four years on his recruiting ranking and kind of say, man, that one was missed. All right, that guy's a four-star prospect all day long. Hey, Jerry, can I ask you one more question? Is there you, – yeah. you watch a lot of football around the country and you see a lot of great high school teams. Is there a better high school football team than DeSoto in America? Um, if it is, it's modern-day Bosco out there. But, see, I kind of put them different, the private schools versus the public schools. I mean, modern-day yeah. is like IMG on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's a little different. Public schools in the country, I think DeSoto and Duncanville, if you put them in a – uh, a 16-team tournament, they might end up on the other side of the brackets. They could end up playing each other. That's how much we talk about all the time. There is so much talent along I-20 from May, from the Crowley, North Crowley area, all the way over to Wilmer Hutchins. All those schools in between there, Lancaster, DeSoto, Duncanville, Red Oak, Cedar Hill, Mansfield schools, North Crowley, who lost to Duncanville in the state semifinals. 
there is more talent there than anywhere outside of Metro Atlanta in the country right now. Yeah, it's amazing. We, we talked about that yesterday where all those high schools were. Even to go north up near McKinney, there was uh, Anna and Gunter and all these. It's amazing how much talent uh, Dallas is. It's great soil up there, very fertile to say the least. And yeah, DeSoto uh, won a state championship game by 60 points. 74 is, to 14. <laughs> pretty ridiculous. Oh, man. Oh, man. Hey, uh, I mean, Jerry. Running clock, running, running clock in a state title game in 6A, man. That's uh, <laughs> you may never Exactly. History, and that, hurts, I mean, that hurts for me to say that because Kenny Harrison – uh, a great coach at Summer Creek, obviously played for Makovic at Texas. Great dude. I'm not sure I'll ever see a running clock in a 6A state title game ever again. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, wow. no. Hey, G-Man, <laughs> thanks, man. That was awesome. Uh, we'll be following you. Let us know if there's some breaking news here this morning or into, into tomorrow. We'll be looking forward to uh, all the coverage from you at On3 Sports. Jerry Hamilton, thank you, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. You got it, guys. Thanks. Yeah, say that out loud. A wow. running clock in even, a six-day state championship game. I didn't even game. think about that. The Jerry opposing said. coach said, hey, run the clock. Wow. Run the clock. Run the clock. <laughs> Six eight. This is the this is the highest level of football in the greatest football state in this country, and they just rage just, just I mean Unreal. they just bludgeoned. Yeah. Uh, a, a really good summer green team. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> I mean, they came out. They'd be glad. DMW is making it may make an H town football look like middle school football right now. The way this is a very it's a very different level of football being played it's, in it's DFW and H town. Well, North Shore and Duncanville have played five of the last six years in the state title game, and they've all been competitively really good games. But uh, yeah, not but this year. Not this year. <laughs> hey, we'll come back when we do. We'll pick up uh, those conversations. Plus, a little bullish or BS. We'll get to the answer to that Cowboys question. The last time they won a significant December road game against a double-digit win team. We'll get you that coming back. That's what they have to do this weekend against the Miami Dolphins. It's hook 'em up with Ian Rodby. We are a bit concerned about the southbound side of I-35 coming toward the Brunberg area. Serious crash reported, and the backup is at least to Wells Branch Parkway. Frontage of I-35 near Parmer Lane, we uh, did have a crash there. We're trying to wrap that one up. Uh, But as far as any other wrecks, northbound frontage of the interstate, this is uh, near Slaughter Lane. We still have that wreck reported. Main Lane's pretty slow, northern Hayes and southern Travis County. Also, McNeil Road and Howard, injury crash reported there. And Decker at Loyola and another one reported. Uh, this was uh, right there at Greg Lane and FM 973. But that one has dropped off the board, so a little bit of better news there. I'm Don Butter. That's traffic. Hey, what's up, folks? Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers here. Other than the traffic, Austin is a magnificent place to live. Most of the time, we uh, we love the city of Austin, other than the traffic. Um, but that's because it's a beautiful city with beautiful people. And one of the reasons that Austin is such a beautiful city is because of the skilled craftsmanship of Ironworkers Local Union 482. Uh, they've been helping shape Greater Austin since 1935. They've been around that long. So you're talking about one of the most stable and respected organizations in Central Texas. You see the labor of their love all over this great city and iconic, exquisite landmarks like DKR Stadium and the Pennybacker Bridge. And as our city continues to grow and thrive, well, so design workers, local Union 482. They don't go to the office. They're the ones who actually build the office. So if you're looking for an exciting new uh, career or maybe you want a career change, maybe uh, you want to feel valued by your employer, maybe you just want a challenge, you can become a, a, a member of Ironworkers Local 482 and accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself while helping shape our city's economic development. Right now, they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas, and you can become a member of Ironworkers Local 482, and you'll take pride in the type of teamwork and craftsmanship that helps shape the future of our great city. So maximize your potential today and be your best self. Simply go online and inquire at ironworkers482.org. They have lots of details about all the different opportunities and positions, and also about competitive salary, competitive benefits, and also uh, great wages as well. So go check them out. Ironworkers 482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. Now here's Rita Ballou live from inside your plumbing. Even if your drain doesn't show any leaks or have any eye-watering smells coming from it, it doesn't mean your septic system still may not be working well. Pumping your septic tank can help improve the efficiency of your system, but you're going to need an expert. And that's why Hambone Plumbing is proud to announce Hambone Septic Pumping. The same great company now offering even more services. How do you get your septic system at proper working levels? Rita? Call Hambone, 512-388-7030. 
property. HambonePlumbing.com. License numbers M12470 at TCEQ26366. When your money's on the line, put it on the line with MyBookie, a trusted sports book that gives you tools to win. At MyBookie, it doesn't matter if your team is up or down, you can easily cash out or bet the game live to come out on the winning side. Use MyBookie for daily odds boosts, same game parlays, and take advantage of huge prize pool contests. Every single sack, fumble, and touchdown is another chance at a big payday. To get started, go to MyBookie.ag right now and register for an account absolutely free. When you're ready to make your first deposit, just use the promo code HORN to grab a welcome bonus on the house. That's the promo code HORN to claim your deposit bonus and for a limited time, a free chip to use in the MyBookie Casino. Try the MyBookie money bag to grab a potential Super Bowl front runner at long shot odds. Have you ever heard of 38,000 plus odds on the 49ers and Chiefs? You won't find odds like that anywhere else like MyBookie. You can bet anything, you can bet anytime, and you can bet anywhere. As long as you're betting with my friends at MyBookie, you're betting with the best. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based on what it takes to help your company win. And that's why there's UBO Business Services. Specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. Paid for by Christian Care Ministry. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also a time you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For many families, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the member satisfaction rate compared to health insurance. Double. MediShare is a proven thing, too, for over 30 years. It's a Christian community of more than 400,000 members. And here's the thing. If you join before December 30th and you mention the promo code SHARE, you'll get another 10% off all of 2024. That's 12 months of savings. So I'll give you the number here in a second, but call. You'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline is December 30th. So call now. You'll save even more. Here's the number. 855-51-BIBLE. That's 855-51-BIBLE. 855-51-BIBLE. The Horn text line has moved. Join the conversation on the new Horn text line. 512-447-3776. That's 512-447-3776. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Appreciate Jerry Hamilton. We're bullish on his conversation every time. Uh, Yeah, man. Uh, Time for bullish or BS. And uh, Rod? 400 pounds. Sorry, I can't get over that. He said this kid's going to be 400 400 pounds now. I remember I told you this to Jerry. So when we were, (laughs) um, you didn't, uh, uh, during October, I, I, I said you were there, but you weren't there. I forgot you were doing the because when we were getting ready for the Texas OU game. Oh uh, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. Were at Terry Black's you were on barbecue. location. Yeah, you, I was yes. there with was Jerry there. And, yeah. and Bobby Burton. Wifey had just had a baby. So yeah, so you were back home. here, yeah. but you were on with us from yeah. you know the studio. Yeah. And so, but but Jerry showed me the picture of of that kid Byron Washington with his son. He says because he had just come from Desoto <laughs> that morning. He was out of there at practice talking to Claude Mathis and looking at that team. And he said, "Look at this." You mean, and his son was standing there, and his son's a big kid. His son, actually, I've actually the next his son. His son is a big kid. Like, yeah, and then he's like, size. and then I look at him next. I'm like, oh my god, it looks like. Uh, no, it looks fake. The pictures look fake of him. Yeah, everything does. It's like, what was it? Was it the Blind Side when uh, the Michael Orr character yes. with the little kid? Yes, that's, that's what, what it looks like. That's what it looks. Honestly, I would look the same next to him. Six, eight, four hundred. He had a. He grew six inches in a month. And they had to insert rods in his, uh, I believe, like in his legs because his growth plates were going to collapse because no human is meant to grow that, that fast. fast. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, you're not meant to grow that fast. So, yeah, he's, yeah, if he, like, like Jerry said, if they can get some weight down on him and have him move around a little bit better, that's, t- that's big humans. That's, that's the big, definition of big that's humans. That's the definition. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so good stuff with Jerry. All right, Rod, so bullish or BS? Sorry. Uh, no, no, it's good. I, I'm, I'm thinking the uh, – so doing the research, I asked the question of Ty earlier, just kind of off the cuff. We were talking about because, you know, Cowboys play the Dolphins this weekend. That's right. right. They just lost to the Bills, oh. and they had a lay-down performance. This is good. 
And so the question, and Ty was kind of bullish that the Cowboys don't lose back-to-back games very often under Mike McCarthy. Last time was 2021. They usually bounce back, which is true. He's right about that. But then I said, well, when's the last time the Cowboys won a game on the road against a double-digit win team? Playoffs or regular season? I mean, we'll stick with the regular season. And the answer, Rod, I I had to go look it up. So there are two wins. Well, there was a game in 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. The Cowboys beat the Eagles week 17, 6 to nothing, 6 to nothing, and the Eagles started nobody. Like, they went on to win the Super yeah, Bowl that year. Yeah, because they were already they were resting catbird seats. So yes. Nate Sudfield. Nate Sudfield. Nate Sudfield was it. Yes. So, if you want to count that, you can have it. Yes. Uh, but, but the previous time to that was 2009, Rod. 2009, the Dallas Cowboys. Was that one in 2010 that was also kind of weird? Oh, yeah. There was a game against the Eagles same, week, same 17, week 17. It was the same thing, right? Stephen McGee. With, the Cowboys weren't a good team that yeah, year. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, it, it was, was a week 17 game with the Eagles, which didn't mean anything to either didn't team. Didn't mean anything. And, yeah. yeah. Kevin Cobb against. So, two meaningless yes. wins. I, like so, that. I say impactful road win in December against a double-digit win team. The last one I can find, and this was big. I remember it. They on a Saturday they went into New Orleans and beat Drew Brees and the Saints twenty four seventeen. I remember that too. Actually. Saints went and Tony Romo had a huge game three hundred twelve yards. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know they they won that game twenty four seventeen. They were nine and five at the time. They finished eleven and five that year because they then went and beat Washington and beat Philadelphia. The Saints won the Super Bowl that year. So it was the best team. Saints were the best team in the league that year. Uh, and the Cowboys then made the playoffs and lost to Minnesota in the playoffs. And they had uh, Bounty Gate going on, huh? And yeah. they didn't hurt Romo. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> that's the last. And so that's the point. of that. Are you bullish on the Cowboys beating the Dolphins on Sunday Ooh, in Miami? Because it's been a while it's since they've beaten a double-digit team And that's right now. What it's, it's an impactful game. It's an, an important game. game to Miami. It means a lot to them, too. They, and they're 10-4. and four. And they know that on the road you want to run the football versus the Cowboys. I, I got a couple of questions. Is Jonathan Hankins coming back? Because they need him back badly. How right, do we know an answer to that status? question? Jonathan Hankins' injury yeah. status for Saturday? And for we Sunday? need to know Zach Martin's injury status. Okay. Right? We yeah. need to know both of those. Those, those, those I think, are going to be really important. Um, no, it, but you're right, man. That's that's a co- that's a culture thing. Yeah, that's that's multiple years, coaches, right? multiple quarterbacks. That's a culture thing, right? That goes back to co- that goes back to what you said about maturity. Yeah, being able to win a game on the road in December, Sunday, Christmas Eve, three twenty-five in yeah. the afternoon. Cowboys at Dolphins in Miami. Yeah, you also have to deal with the uh, holidays at South Beach kind of thing too. That's always concerning. Well, that's a great point, <laughs> and you know I'm, I'm more worried about the Cowboys' rush defense, which they just had their worst rush uh, rushing defensive performance probably in the last three to four years, definitely under Dan Quinn. And you're going up against a Shanahan disciple, so they got the Shanahan zone blocking scheme there, and they may decide, you know what, we're just going to run the rock against them. Now, I now the difference is. The if you go look at it, the Buffalo Bills were built. They they actually they got some girth to them. They, I mean, they, their their offensive line is big. They're built for a little bit of power because they're built to play football in the cold and the snow and in ugly conditions. Miami's not built that way. They're built like a Lamborghini. They're built like a speedboat. But they have great run game. It's they got kinda, a great run game. It, it, their run game looks a lot more like the 49ers run game than even the Bill. I mean, the, like it just looks like oh yeah the the plays the way they they run the outside zone the way they get wide. Uh, and the Cowboys couldn't defend the perimeter this week. They could not. They could not defend no, the edge. They could not. And you know what? You know what they did a lot. You go back and watch the film with Buffalo. They let they let Micah Parsons again over pursue, and then they didn't have to block him. Yeah. And then you're then the tackles getting upfield and getting on a linebacker, and Micah Parsons over pursues the play, um, trying to make a, a splash play. And get the next thing you know, it's a it's a big gash play, and uh, you know. Devin, Devon A. Shane is back, the Aggie. Uh, Raheem Mostert is having a really good year. Set a, a franchise record for the Dolphins with 19 touchdowns this season, rushing. Yeah, they want to run the rock. And they can get to the outside. Yeah. That's what will be the key to the game. And Jonathan Hankins, by the way, high ankle sprain, still not sure. Still not sure. Suffered that against the Eagles two weeks yeah. ago. So probably a game time kind of thing with Jonathan Hankins. We'll come back. When we do, we'll uh, take your thoughts on that. Bullish or BS? We'll tell you why the Seattle Seahawks did the Cowboys a huge favor last night on Monday Night Football. And we'll reset the top stories with the Longhorns. Four big commitments for the Horns in the last two days. We'll get you the rundown coming back. Plus, Rod takes us behind the burn orange curtain. Tyler Campbell, TC, Speaks, joins our show as well. He's got a big book signing today. Uh, we'll talk about our friend TC coming up as well. It's a busy, busy Tuesday. Glad you're with us on Hook'em Up on 1019 AM 1260. Stream it on the Horn app and always at hornfm.com. <laughs>